This call is being recorded. Hello, and welcome again to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. Today, our guest is me. I'm going to be passing along some editorial uh, articles so that you might uh, get a viewpoint from um, certain positions. And it's, uh, today's editorial is by Byron York, Chief uh, Political Correspondent, Correspondent for the Washington Examiners. I got that all out. Thanks a lot. Just need a little more water, I think. Okay. Um, the topic or the headline is Dems focus on Trump. Again, there is a consensus that the Democratic Party is in trouble with midterm elections seven months away. The polls say it, the issues say it, and history says it. The coming election is the type of election that the party in power loses big. And to some Democrats, only one man can save party from disaster, Donald Trump. Of course, many Democrats have tried to make the Trump issue for the last six years. But after last November's Virginia governor election, in which the Democratic candidate Terry McAuliffe tried very hard to make it about Trump only to lose to Republican Glenn Youngkin. It was thought that Democrats might be getting over the Trump mania, at least when the former president is not on the ballot himself. But no, the new story in Politico bears the headline, Dems have an opening for a midterm villain. Donald Trump, you're hired. The article reports that many Democrats with the issues not going their way and with their own base suffering from a lack of enthusiasm believe that Trump, along with a few fringe GOP members of the House, are giving Democrats just the political foil they've been looking for as virtually everything else has gone the Republicans' way. <clears throat> we still have a villain, Democratic Representative Scott Peters told Politico. We've had to remind people of what that was like. That means focusing the midterm congressional campaigns on Trump and also focusing on some other figures. GOP representatives Madison Cawthorn, Majorie Taylor Green, that should be Marjorie, 
and Matt Gates, whom Democrats would like to make the faces of the Republican Party. I mean, do you want to hand the keys to the government to these folks? Another Democrat, Representative Dan Kildee, asked Politico. They're scary. They're nuts. As for Trump himself, many Democrats have been heartened by a recent ruling in a civil case in which U.S. District George Court Judge in California, David Carter, declared that Trump had likely committed crimes in the January 6th matter. The Jeez, I can't get this out. Here we go. Try it again. The illegality of the plane of the plan was obvious. Carter wrote, referring to Trump's desire to have then Vice President Mike Pence rule out some electoral votes when Congress met to certify the 2020 election results. It is possible to overstate the existment, excitement with which some Democrats met Judge Carter's ruling. It turbocharged that already strong desire to see the former president charged with a crime, any crime. Democrats are not particular the desire and so strong that people around President Joe Biden are leaking the news that Biden would like to see Trump charged. As recently as last year, late last year, Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed from former President Donald J. Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted according to two people familiar with his comments. The New York Times reported over the weekend, the point of the week leak is to put pressure on Attorney General Merrick Garland to okay some sort of charge against Trump. One problem, one problem, with the plan is that Judge Carter's ruling was actually kind of flimsy. Justice Department prosecutors who have to take into consideration the possibility of losing any case that might bring will have to weigh that. Second problem is that the Democratic pressure campaign campaign is entirely political. December, remember, and the Democrats' reason for forming the January 6th committee and getting its findings out in the next few months is to enhance Democratic chances in their midterms. And the third problem is having the Justice Department bring a political case against Trump under pressure from Democratic activists, activists is this kind of thing that might fire up for Republican voters. It all comes with a pretty high possibility of backfiring. And then there are actual issues, inflation, inflation, inflation. The dramatic increase in the cost of living in the last year which appears set to continue the rest of the year, this year, 2022, is clearly the most important issue in the midterms. 
Biden and his party can try to call it Putin's price hike. But the reality is that voters are most likely going to blame the party and control of Congress. Then there are other issues like the greater economy, crime and border security, all of which do not look good for Democrats. And then there is the so-called generic ballot in which Republicans have led in the question of, have the lead in the question of which party voters will support for their own representatives in the House. So now, Democrats propose to make the midterms about Trump. After the Virginia election, a disappointed Democratic official in the state said, I think we spend entirely too much time talking about Donald Trump and not articulating not only our vision for the future, but spending time genuinely connecting with people and with their needs. A lot of Democrats were there thinking that way just a few months ago. Now their anti-Trump instinct has kicked in again. They don't seem to be able to control it, and they again think that if they just hit Trump hard enough, if they just talk about him long enough, if they just make him the major focus of the their campaigns, they can ride the Trump train to victory. We'll see. Is how Byron ended this editorial. Um, got one here, another. And it is um, Byron York again. Do Biden and his party have new hope? Is the article headline. I'll begin with Byron York again. There was a striking moment on NBC's Meet the Press Sunday. Moderator Chuck Todd brought up a poll recently released by National Public Radio and Marist that showing showed President Joe's Biden Joe's Biden job approval rating at 47% with a disappointing rating of 50%. Wow. Apparently this article has been written a few a few weeks ago. Um, the last I saw, accordingly, was uh, Biden below 40%. He's in the 30s. Um, let's see if I've got a better date on one. There we go. Again, Byron York is entitled, Has Biden's Presidency Been Transformed? Russia's war on Ukraine comes at a moment of political weakness for President Joe Biden. His job approval rating is low, low enough to drag down his party's chances in the midterms. Americans are angry watching their 
standard of living diminished by inflation. There is lingering frustration about the president's handling of COVID. And there are widespread doubts whether the 79-year-old Biden, the oldest president in the nation's history, is physically and mentally up to the job. But the war, as emergencies sometimes do, has lent a new look to Biden's presidency. A presidency transformed was the headline of political playbook recently. The New York Times said the dizzying events of the past week have pushed to the sidelines of congressional squabbling over Mr. Biden's domestic agenda and are already redefining the arc of his presidency. If any presidency needed a new arc, it is Biden's. But it seems unlikely to significantly change Biden's political fortunes for one reason. Joe Biden is still Joe Biden. The reason the president's job approval rating is low is because he's not doing a good job. The polls reflect a fundamental deficiency in his performance. His Yes, Biden is old and slowing down, and that does not help. But Biden is in his prime, excuse me, but Biden in, Biden in his prime would not have been a good president. There is no reason to believe he can suddenly become one now. After one speech, Biden's job approval rating in the last four years, excuse me, four polls, in the real clear politic politics average of polls was 38%, 39%, 40%, and 38% respectively. That is a reflection of the public's negative view of how Biden has handled key issues in his presidency in general. Start with the economy. In a recent Fox News poll, just 37% of those surveyed said they approved of Biden's handling of the most important issue in this or more in any other year. 61% disapproved. On handling crime, Biden's approval rating was 35% with 39, with, I'm sorry, Biden's approval rating was 35% with 59% disapproval. On immigration, the numbers were 34% approve, 62% disapprove. On uniting the country, a 38% approve, a 58% disapprove. And finally, on handling COVID, which used to be Biden's strength, the numbers were 47% approve and 51% disapprove. Now, Biden is handling this crisis in Ukraine, excuse me, in Ukraine, and it would be no surprise that the public has doubts about that too. A new Suffolk, Suffolk poll found that the 35% approval of Biden's handling of Ukraine versus 49% who disapproved and 70, 17% who don't know. The don't know portion of responses to Ukraine questions is pretty high from poll to poll, reflecting not just many Americans of unfamiliar with foreign policy issues, but genuine confuse 
about what is going on in Ukraine and what the best American course would be. But all the issue ratings are subsets of the larger question of Biden's leadership. A present, a recent Washington Post poll asked two key questions about that. The first was, do you think Biden is a strong leader or not? You can't get more basic than that. 59% of those surveyed said no. They do not think Biden is a strong leader. 36% said yes, Biden is a strong leader, while 5% had no opinion. Even Biden's party has doubts. 20% or one in five of the Democrats said Biden is not a strong leader. A whopping 65% of independents agreed. Then the Post asked, do you think Biden has the mental sharpness in it takes to serve effectively as president or not? A majority of 54% plus or minus said no. 40% said he does and 7% did not know. Broken down by party, 13% of Democrats said Biden does not have the sharpness versus 88% of Republicans and 59% of, of independents. Even if the Republican number reflects strong partisanship, having 59% of independents doubt the president's capacity to serve as a serious problem for them, for the, for the White House. These are fundamental problems with Biden's presidency that will limit his ability to recover from his current low standing in the polls. The one success Biden can count on is the coming Senate confirmation of his Supreme Court nominee, Captain Johnny Brown Jackson. Jackson will likely win the support of a Republican or two, but in but even if he, she does not, a Democratic SCOTUS nominee is one thing Senate Democrats will unite around. On barring some incredible unforeseen news about the nomination, Biden will win confirmation of his choice. But that is just one small bit of good news in an otherwise bleak landscape. Before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the White House was hoping for some sort of reboot for the president's term, starting with his State of the Union address. To spur action on Biden's legislative agenda, now the Ukraine war has changed the subject, but it has not changed the essential nature of the man in the White House. Well, that's uh, another article. Um, Democratic pointing towards President Joe Biden. Um, I'm going to take a minute to let my audience know that I'm no longer living in Texas. Yep. Uh, I have spent my most of my adult life in Texas. And uh, we have now moved our, our um, belongings and such to Arizona. And people say, why Arizona? 
And the answer is, we've got two grandkids here that are two years old and four years old. And um, we'd like to see this couple of uh, young boys. And it's a good thing. I have other grandchildren with my first wife. And uh, they're doing well, but they're already in their uh, upper high school and also in college. Um, so they don't really have much, uh, much interest in seeing, seeing Papa. That's me. <laughs> but uh, I understand and I'm, I'm feeling about it. It's been two days now, and I can tell there is a different energy in the air. Um, the weather is different. Uh, it's um, it's going to be hot. I understand that. Um, lucky though, it, it may not be uh, as um, uh, as the um, I'm thinking of, as the steam. I guess I should say it's a dry heat. Uh, I remember going out to play golf in California with Coach. And he was telling me because it was, uh, I believe it was in the uh, Palm Springs. And uh, the group that we played with, he said, that, they said, don't worry about it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been hot here a lot these times. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't think of it that way. And anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a dry heat. And my first response to him was, well, you know, so does an oven. An oven has dry heat, too. But I'm hoping for the best. Uh, I'm looking forward to cutting back on our gasoline usage um, and also uh, road trips. And with the gas per gallon going up, um, when we left um, uh, Texas, the uh, price per gallon was anywhere from $3.75 to $4.00. And, uh, in $4. Um, and we arrive here and we see that uh, it's already jumped in Arizona to uh, $4.50 a gallon. Um, so we're on the hunt for a, uh, a hybrid. We've been researching it all. And uh, I think we'll be pleased with our, with our results. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, uh, the weather is kind to us because I would like to play golf again. Um, although I haven't played much at all, I haven't played around in, geez, five years. Um, that's that's what happens when you're you're you have too much other stuff to do, and golf doesn't come up as well being at the top of the list. Um, but I am thinking that uh, we're going to have uh, a couple of lessons to warm us up, my wife and I. And um, then maybe we'll play better. Maybe I'll play better. But I really enjoy the Masters. That was pretty, pretty nice. Pretty good. Pretty good. Scotty Sheffley, Scheffler, I should say, um, played immaculately. He's uh, really something. And you're going to see a lot of him. He's already run the one four uh, PGA tournaments this year already. Uh, it's good to see good people. And um, that's what uh, I think that uh, we're about. So um, let me um, 
let you go now. And um, we will finish <laughs> finish packing, unpacking the boxes. Um, we drove from San, the San Antonio area up northwest to uh, El Paso and then drove from El Paso across New Mexico into uh, Arizona. And that wasn't any fun. Uh, and three, two days, the uh, truck, three days later, the truck pulled up and they unloaded it yesterday. And uh, this, uh, this house is smaller, which is the one that I did have. And um, we've got boxes everywhere. And of course, all of you that know and how, what it is like when you move, it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Um, but I'll get, uh, I'll do better, I promise. And uh, I'll uh, pick out some interesting topics for you for the next time. And uh, I want to tell you that I really appreciate uh, all you listeners in my audience uh, that um, you tune in for searching for integrity. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot of compliments. I'm getting good feedback. So long and happy trails to all.